Carlos, I have an historic opening for you. So this is going to involve... Is historic in, in that you rarely do it, or historic in that it will be like remembered for eons and somebody will turn it into a musical? I think both, actually. Okay. So this is going to start with a sound, and then it's going to be followed by a photo. The sound is going to play better for the purposes of a audio program, but you'll... And how are you going to play the audio? Uh, well, just... Oh, I, I have an idea what this is. Oh, no, that's not what I thought it was going to be. So there's the there's the sound. <laughs> I'm sending you the photo. <laughs> it hasn't it hasn't it hasn't loaded yet. I got I see the notification. I haven't looked at it, but I'm assuming it's a pineapple spindrift. That's that's exactly what it is. So this this was just recently procured. I have not tried one of these yet. Okay, I got and so uh, I'm, I'm, I've got nine one one dialed. I haven't clicked uh, <laughs> play or hit call yet. So here we go. Hmm. <laughs> so not the best smell, I'll say. Okay. Uh, which is, which is kind of weird. Pineapple for smells bad in general. So yeah, fair. See, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think pineapple is a very pleasant smell, but there's something. Right when I first opened the can, I got kind of a kind of just a weird pineapple scent. Um, I think there's another Spindrift flavor. I can't remember which one it is that has kind of the same problem. I think that this one has, which is there's just not quite enough flavor to it. Like it just needs a little more. I don't know, like a little more acid, like they'd say, like on the cooking shows and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's not bad, I guess, it's, but not spectacular either. Okay. Well, thank you, Sparkling Water Padma. How'd, uh, how'd I do? Was that an okay intro? Oh, it was fine. <laughs> um, I mean, again, Thanks. <laughs> it's 2020. Everything is, it, we're all just aiming for fine. <laughs> and you know you del <laughs> you did good i'm 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 proud of you for spending five ninety nine plus uh california c r v because yeah, I assume you can't buy these loose <laughs> you so you were in for an eight pack uh yeah, you, to my knowledge you cannot buy loose spindrift no well you know um, you but hold, 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 put a pin in that I don't know if they're still open but at <laughs> Because remember, there was that one time I went to an Amazon Go store because I was just I was stuck downtown, and you guessed what I had bought, and it was a single can of sp mm. Spindrift. That's so they I, do. I stand corrected. You're right; they do. I I would imagine those are still open. That actually seems like a store that is perfectly suited for yeah, our, but did, our current situation. Wasn't there some like city legislation where like now they have to be staffed with cashiers? So the kind it's kind of defeats the point. I don't know if they have to necessarily be like staffed with cashiers, but they, well, they, they do cash. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. I appreciate it. Uh, th yeah, I was at Target earlier today and because Wednesday is my shopping day and that just, and that's why I'm actually, I'm happy you did the intro because usually my, um, my openers tend to be shopping related, which is not grocery related, which is not that interesting. But yeah, I talked myself down from uh gag buying the pineapple spindrift. Yeah, because so you had made a complaint about another flavor of spindrift. I think it was the strawberry one or the um I think it was the strawberry the, one. I think you're were you right. were you thought it maybe felt it, it even though you know it's not, you felt it tasted like slightly artificial. Was that it? 
or something oh, else. Oh, so, well, so yeah, the, I've had that with Spindrift, but I've also had the thing where, well, I, I mean, this sounds dumb to say because it's sparkling water, but mm-hmm. like it just tastes watery. Like it just, it, it just doesn't have, <laughs> it doesn't have quite the, um, the amount of flavor that you want it to have. Like it, it needs to be. <laughs> amped up as as you're famous for saying so i feel like you know on a scale of one to ten if i'm looking for i don't know let's say an eight this is like <laughs> a six okay <laughs> I, I will put a pin in that for the scales because we'll need that later okay all right um so we're gonna get kind of jump right into follow or maybe juggle a few things um not gonna lie had a pretty great opener Gonna, I'm gonna leave it. Uh, I'm gonna leave it in people's imagination. But we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Hamilton, um, or maybe I'll I'll, I'll uh, throw it in at the end of what it was gonna be. But so there was the uh, I think this would be a mostly follow up uh, kind of episode because not a whole lot happened this week. So yeah, so on July 3rd, I think I watched the first thing I've ever watched on Disney Plus. <laughs> I watched half of Upward, Onward. Oh yeah, onward. Yeah, is it is that the one with the 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 new Shrek movie or the, or the new Pixar movie with the ogres that do magic or something? Correct. Yeah. So I still have only watched half of that. Not that I don't like you're, it. I just I just don't I just don't care. Like I, know, I, you're, you're probably the, you're probably good. It doesn't doesn't get doesn't particularly get better? better in the second half. No. I don't. I I I don't. Am, am I going to cancel for this? I don't, I don't really like Chris Pratt outside of Parks and Rec. He's well. Not that, so the, I don't, not that I dislike him. I just don't. I don't care. Like it's it that doesn't appeal to me that much. Like I'm sure he's a very very nice guy and a very like. But yeah, this is not your cup of tea. Again, as you're famous for saying, but mm-hmm. he's really good in the Jurassic World movies. Mm. Just take my word for that. Are those? Would you say those are good movies? Otherwise, or uh, you're, you're, I, I kind of irrationally enjoy the first one i think that movie is the first new one or the, the, the first like jeff goldblum oh, well, a the, virus thing the first the like the first jurassic park that's that's the best of all of them of course but this jurassic world which is the first of the newest ones is is actually quite entertaining the second one mm, not great but the the first one's really good was there ever a second old one? There was a there were there was a trilogy. There were three of them, like in the nineties. Correct. Uh, well, uh, so there was Jurassic Park, which was I think ninety three. Like I remember Jurassic Park and Independence Day came out in similar years, or like and, those that, those were always two movies that were kind of paired together. That checks out. And uh, then there was the the Lost World, which is the second of the original movies that came out. I think in around like 98 maybe and then there was uh i think it was just called jurassic park 3 and that because the first two are the first two are based after michael Crichton books i don't think the third one is and the the third one came out i don't know if that was still the 90s or if that was the early 2000s but that movie it's actually a uh, point of contention between the lady friend and i because she very much enjoys that movie and i think it's atrocious three um, jurassic park three yeah mm. um, what's what's the two sentence plot summary of it velociraptors talk all of a sudden or they they communicate 
um, which they actually bring back in Jurassic World, but in a much cooler way. So maybe the lady friend's right and that they planted kind of a cool seed in that movie. But it's otherwise bad. Hmm. Okay. It does have um, Dr. Grant, though. Sam O'Neill, I think, is the actor's name. He's quite good. And him and the whole original cast are supposed to be back for the third Jurassic World movie, which will complete the new trilogy. Got it. Which I think was supposed to come out next year, but like everything else, I think has been delayed. Yeah. Well, no, they'll, they'll just throw in a relaxation room and they'll just call it a day. Mm. <laughs> okay. So again, it's going to be all follow up this week or it's going to be all just scattershot stuff. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, the second thing I, or first, first full complete thing I've ever watched on Disney plus. And honestly, uh, it, so a few things, and not not to make this all about me, but I think I have some complicated feelings here or maybe some uh, apologies to make. So I'm somebody who generally has a, like a, a, a problematic aversion to things that get universal acclaim. Do you kind of understand that concept? <laughs> I, with you, yes, very much. But no, don't. You're supposed to say, yeah, I understand that. But no, you don't do that. <laughs> oh, no, you totally do that. That's like. It's like your thing. It's not my thing. I, I, I'm not like a Nate Silver contrarian type for the sake of just being difficult. It is not. You're not as uh, you're not as combative as Nate Silver is, but so that that is one thing. Where and it's not like there are some things that are broadly liked that I think are legitimately bad, and I've reviewed it multiple times, and I think that is the case. Uh, E.g., Friends. Um. But yeah, but I, I generally like whenever something is universally liked, I kind of it it goes in with points against from me. So that's where when you, Hamilton was just so well liked or well reviewed, I was like, well, there's no way it's that good. Not not that it's going to be like um two and a half men thing where like like eighty percent of the general how do I say this in an unproblematic way. Where like it, it's broadly liked, but it's not liked in the same by the same type of person that like I don't know Hamilton like it it appeals to a certain crowd like I think anybody who would sit who would pay because like during its original run before they started doing like ticket giveaways and like raffles and stuff like even the worst seats to Hamilton were like at least like eighty bucks right yeah that sounds about right but like for decent seats um at the Rogers Theater or at the Orpheum. Like, it was probably your... You were in for, like, $200, right? Uh, yeah, I think I think that's about right. And, and then for you, um, like, plus the $20 tip that you saved. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I have, I've, like, just forgotten about that. Now... I get to feel bad all over again. You've opened the wound. Damn it. Well, I'm, I, th- I th- well, I mean, I'm not sure you were the one that was wounded. <laughs> uh, you did not shoot first. Wait, no, that's a Star Wars thing. Hamilton did not lose his hand. That that was uh, the Wookiee. Okay. So, mm. yes. So things, uh, earlier this week, I learned what Ewoks were. That was cool. Good for you. Because I, I saw somebody post a picture of a bunch of Star Wars mugs uh, or, or Star Wars cups. Remember back when Burger King and like restaurants used to do, like there was like a brand tie-in with a movie, but back in like the 90s and 80s, it was always like not cool stuff so like you would just go to burger king and buy like a special edition mug mm-hmm. uh, actually hold on I, I texted this to somebody so i'm sure i have this at hand because you you might get a kick out of this um 
Yes, there we go. So put this in the DM. Yeah, so you could you could buy commemorative like movie product placement uh, tie-ins. And yeah, some kid's mom back in the eighties bought him and preserved a bunch of Return of the Jedi glassware from Burger King. And I thought that was really cool. This is an art style that I've not seen on any type of Star Wars merchandise. This is kind of cool. Yeah, and that's where on the rightmost uh, glass, uh, I thought the thing uh, to the left of the guy's like walking stick, I thought that that was like a mini Chewbacca. And apparently it's not. It's something called an Ewok. Correct. Yeah, so I learned something new. They live on the forest moon of Endor, if you were curious. Is that the same thing that the cranes from the Port of Oakland walk across? They appear on that planet, but that's not where we originally see them, no. Got it. They, they, we see them first on Hoth, which is uh, the planet that the second movie, The Empire Strikes Back, starts. Is that the one where he cuts open his friend and, eats, and sleeps inside that thing? That's correct. Wow, I was, that was not expecting not, that to be right. That was not an Ewok, though. Gotcha. Anyway, back to Hamilton. That was a that was a tauntaun. And just in yeah. case you needed to know, pod racer. Um. So yeah, so Hamilton, like, I mean, it it was so universally well liked and well reviewed. I'm like, well, there's not that there's no way it could be good, but just kind of like I, that that kind of has points against for me, which which is a, which is a character flaw that I will I will own, and I am working to move past. Um. But yes, but then earlier this year, like I talked, I talked to some people, you had really well reviewed it. I've spoken to some others and they're like, yeah, this is, this is pretty good. And I'd actually, uh, or I'd finally like gotten up the nerve to like, you know, what? I'm going to, I'm going to see it this spring. And then everything happened and that's, that's not going to be an option anymore. Uh, so then luckily the Walt Disney company, uh, came to, they, they loaned 75 bucks or sorry, $75 million to, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and company to make sure that I'm able to see it. Um, which is very nice of them. Uh, not a good return on investment for the um, the cost of Disney Plus that I'm paying. Or actually, I think I'm getting it for free for some reason. Um, but yeah, so watched it. I know you watched it. Um, I watched it on Sunday. You watched it like the night it was available or like the, the day. It was released on the 3rd, right? Correct, yeah. So did you watch it on Friday or Saturday? Not that it's really relevant. Yeah, I watched it on Friday. Okay. So you guys were excited to relive it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So a couple of questions and then I'll kind of get into to my own thoughts about it. Um, did you, so I've listened to like a, a listened to and read a lot of discussion about it recently. And I want to know, did you have any interest in watching it because of the fact that it was the original cast or was that only like a side benefit or did that, that not factor into your enjoyment of it at all? Yeah, that was definitely part of it. I was definitely curious as someone who's listened to the official soundtrack countless times to then see, see those same voices on stage. That was, that was absolutely part of it. Um, but then, you know, and another big part of it was just reliving it. Um, and another factor, too, for me was I was just really curious how it was going to be put together. I, I was just curious about the camera angles and sort of the just the production around it. 
Yeah. So let's, let's jump into that before, before we get into like what I, like what each of, well, I mean, we already know your opinion of it, but like what we thought of it, uh, from a technical aspect, one, like I was most, uh, with movies and media, I'm always very surprised at like, kind of like how long it takes something to grab me. Like, I like uh, just to, uh, to the point where like for the first 10 minutes, something I'm always kind of wondering well, who is this person? Who is this person? And kind of when is it going to stick of kind of that the world that they're telling you kind of gets established in your head where you're no longer thinking of it and you're totally immersed in something. So that usually takes me like 10 to 20 minutes. But for most of that, like, so that's that's what gets me bought into something. But specifically with the Hamilton uh, stage to film thing, because again, it's not a movie, like it, it's it's just in a, a very well recorded and remastered version of a of apparently uh based off of um what they'd mentioned at mike and the whatever the upgrade cultural segment thing is called um that it was uh like an edit of multiple shows to make one cohesive program right oh is that is that true did you listen to upgrade this week I, I'm in the in the middle of listening, and I, I know there's a Hamilton segment at the end, but I haven't yeah, gotten to that point. No, normally, I skip all like the Mike at the Movies things, but this is one that I actually did listen to. And the, he had he and Jason were talking about the fact that this was not a single nice production. Like they had recorded like three separate shows, and they had also gone through and recorded it without an audience, so they can get like closer up camera angles without ah, having to disrupt mm, it. And that was one of the things. Yeah, it's hard not to interrupt. But that that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I. I the the thought of it being multiple recordings um had never even occurred to me and I had actually kind of assumed that the audience that you kind of see at the beginning and end was maybe just like kind of superimposed in and that it actually was filmed just without an audience and that was how they got some of the the close up shots but then I was also thinking like they quickly cut to some other camera angles where it feels like you would have like seen the cameraman who, who shot you were just seeing before that. And Mm -hmm. then I thought, well, maybe they just have a, you know, a crazy nice zoom lens on a camera. Like I was, (laughs) I was kind of curious how they were doing that, but that, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so that was really cool to know. And like, yeah, one of the reasons I, I, like, I was so drawn to it and like just, um, like my attention and was committed to it. And I no longer had the thought that like, do you ever have the thing where you're about to like open a piece of media and you're like, geez, two hours and 40 minutes. Like, I know you already would have had the frame of reference of how long it was. Cause you've seen it in person, but like sometimes you're like, yikes, this, am I like, am I going to be watching the clock? And with this one, I had no urge to touch my phone or do anything like that to distract my attention. But a lot of that was not actually even story-based. It was one, how well, produced for the medium that it was like of course like there's all the stage direction and all that kind of stuff with a broadway show but how well it was done and translated for television or or for like the movie theater one based on stitching all those performances together but also like and i'm not normally like an hdr person and this goes back to the thing i sent you on instagram yesterday where this was one of the most satisfying things to watch on an OLED TV and HDR, which I hope you watched this on your good TV. We did. Where just the black levels, I know it's it's a very good story and there's a lot of other reasons to, to like this, but the black levels and the color and all of it was just so 
perfect. And the fact that it was like, it could be appropriately dark in certain ways, the, the way that you would experience a Broadway show, but it still looked perfect in almost every way is just like, it, it was so enjoyable from a technical aspect in that way. Yeah. And also the, it... the audio was really well done too, but specifically from like a viewing perspective, like I was just like, how can anybody watch this on like a, a like an LCD TV where just everything will just look gray where like this in HDR, not that it's like, because the only other HDR movie I've ever actually noticed or cared about was Coco. I mean, that's, that's the polar opposite where that's uh, an insanely colorful movie where this one's not, but the appropriate like representation and like the way the background is able to fade out of view uh, with accurate black levels was very enjoyable. Yeah, I actually checked on Friday morning. I, I logged into Disney Plus to, um, I mean, not check that it was there. I knew it would be, but I specifically opened Disney Plus to see if it was in 4K HDR. I mm -hmm. was very pleased to see that it was. And I, I totally agree. The The production value is excellent. Um it does it does it does make me wish I had a better sound bar, but that's, so that's uh, the other part well so two, so two things one for the to wrap up the video yeah it looked looked perfect and yeah on o l e d like just uh, that is if you if you watch this and you're like, man, I'm gonna watch that again first go get an l g o l e d t v you will you will you'll thank yourself many times over but also uh and then also I don't understand the different types of hdr so when i was about to watch it i was like it said like a yeah, 4k ultra hd hdr 10 i don't know what that is just because like you know how the uh, the lg thing when you're watching stuff it'll kind of like let you know is this dolby vision or whatever like sometimes you'll see that thing in the upper right corner and i don't know how to turn that off um but yeah i don't know what hdr 10 is but it looked great i think there's just with hdr i mean i don't at me but i i think there's basically just two main standards of HDR, HDR 10 and Dolby Vision. Mm -hmm. And most modern TVs just support both. And how a piece of content determines which one it's using, I, I don't really know. Gotcha. It seems to be seems to be like most stuff on iTunes is Dolby Vision, but then like like some of the stuff on Disney Plus is I, I, HDR like 10. I, I don't know. I, I don't pay for the good netflix like i pay for the one that gives you um 1080 like i don't pay for the 4k one not because it's a conscious decision but i also just i've never thought the content on netflix doesn't look good enough so i've just never bothered to go switch it but um what is uh netflix 4k content usually well actually i'm not sure if much of that would be in hdr anyway yeah i don't remember it's been a while since i've watched anything in 4k on netflix so i couldn't tell you yeah and then in terms of the audio that was the other part where one of course i mean like uh, they have offline recordings and that's one of the things where i'm sure there's no limit to the amount of times you can have like the original like to tweak the audio and, and perfect that type of thing and you you it's a show like even if they had to pull like a song recording from another showing that wasn't even recorded in the, like i'm like that's easy to fix but yeah, but the audio was fantastic. And even on my like pretty middle of the road Bose soundbar, which does, it doesn't do like any like weird virtual surround stuff, but it does when 5.1 or 7.1 is available, it will 
smartly use that to make like more room filling sound without being weird about it. But yeah, it sounded amazing. Um, so yeah, I was super, super pleased about that as well. So yeah, the, the thing that I appreciated on the audio front was that this wasn't just like listening to the, the soundtrack, like even though it was the same cast, this was not just, you know, the, the, the soundtrack dubbed over a live performance, yeah. which, which was really neat. It was, it was neat to hear the differences between a live performance and the soundtrack. I mean, even seeing it like in person for real, that that's been one of the really neat things is hearing the differences in the way that some of the performances go. And obviously like seeing it in San Francisco, there's also the added twist of it being a completely different cast where, you know, some of the characters have a little bit of a different kind of personality to them than, than the original cast does. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, I, I appreciated that this was very differentiated from just, you know, turning on the, turning on the soundtrack or the, the, the official recording or, you know, whatever you call it. Yeah, the the original cast recording, right? Which has been on a um, near constant repeat on Spotify. So can I? Can you remind me before you watched the film on Disney Plus? How much of the soundtrack had you listened? One and a half to? songs. Do you remember what those songs were? Yeah. So, and that's the thing where most of this was new to me. Where, like, when, so I'd heard the the like the the intro theme or like the the main song which actually I did I did appreciate and my familiarity with theater is not super high like I I I I'm somebody who I would say generally likes the arts more than most people but just theater is generally not one of my things I think I once watched uh like a live version of Les Mis when I was 8 years old in New York which has probably killed it for me <laughs> for two or three decades after um, but yeah, so that, uh, so when I saw that the cast recording was like 42 songs, I think I noped out pretty quick. Um, but yeah, the one, just the one song everybody knows, the Alexander Hamilton song. And I think I maybe heard like half of, um, like the take, like the third song, like the take my shot song. So my familiarity with the media was actually very, very low. Got it. Good. Yeah. So which makes it, which makes it way, way better. And that's where I now the fact that i'm like re-listening to songs and like definitely there's like my favorite song on the entire in the entire thing is the um the one i sent to you which was the what's called it's quite uptown yeah Um, that's a good one yeah but like all of eliza's songs are are my favorites by Mm -hmm. far yeah yeah um yeah so not a ton of familiarity with it beforehand um and the fact that have not having little familiarity while watching it makes listening to it a lot better i feel like i would have been a less um like affecting experience or less enjoyable if i had already known most of it yeah i so the first time that i saw it live so much of what you've been saying like rings true when i look back at the first time that i saw it where you know you talked about kind of the hype around it and being a little kind of apprehensive about that i i totally felt the same way where I almost kind of went into it thinking like, well, I'll probably mostly like this, but um, we'll probably not like it as much as most. Um, And I had not heard a single song. I hadn't even heard the opening track, nothing. I kind of purposefully had had tried to avoid hearing any of it and, and totally agreed that 
that's the way that's the way to to do it um and for me that meant like literally 20 seconds into the opening song i was like oh my god this is incredible yeah and it, um and i do like that there was a lot of um like a mixture uh and like just a range of what kinds of songs there were cuz even though you know that it's a like um uh, like a hip hop interpretation. Like I don't, I don't want to uh, be um, reductive in this, but kind of like that. It's it's one that book that the that the play and the script is based off of. But for the most part, like it's it's meant to be seen through like a hip hop lens and something where most of the um, the dialogue is like in a specific type of rhyme. Uh, which is which is very very enjoyable, but also that there was a mix where it wasn't all strictly that, and it kind of ran the gamut from like very very traditional like theater ish songs to kind of like Disney ish stuff towards uh, maybe a little bit sweary stuff, which I did because you had mentioned or you'd put in Slack before I had watched it uh, where uh, apparently there is one swear word that Disney's not okay, not okay with. And I was I kept look, looking for it, um, and even with subtitles on, yeah, they did uh, take the f word out of it because apparently you can't say fuck in the presence of a mouse. <laughs> but but uh, goddamn and shit are okay, which I which I interesting. So um, this was not an entirely original thought because Jason Snell brought this up either on Upgrade or the Six Color Secrets of Trevor podcast, but a couple of weeks ago when. Um, he was kind of just kind of speculating what this would look like on Disney plus one of the things he mentioned, which I hadn't thought of is that when you look at some of the lyrics and the the content, you realize like, yeah, this is actually like not quite the normal thing that you'd see on Disney plus, but you know, whenever you're talking about historical material that usually gives you a little bit more leeway than you have with something that's fictional. So I was really curious what Disney was going to do. I actually kind of thought they might go the route that that Jason had hypothesized where they they might have made like two different versions available, an edited and an unedited version. Um so when I saw that that wasn't the case, um I was really curious. And I saw that it was rated PG-13 at the beginning. Um so then as it was going along, like, you know, for, for most of it, you, you realize like, yeah, you know, they really haven't made any changes here until you get to, yeah, the first F-bomb. And that's, that's where you hear them bleep that out. But there's, there's actually one, one use of that word um, kind of near the end where you've got um, Jefferson and Burr singing together. Uh, this is the song um um that like um they must be nice to have washington on your side song mm-hmm. where they <laughs> they um say that they're southern blah blah you know democratic republicans you you, you remember this part right mm-hmm. and I, I i i was thinking i with pg13 i think you're allowed one f word normally so i thought that maybe they were saving it for that because that's probably like the funniest use of it um but no that got that got bleeped out too yeah um but you know the the rest of it was was totally unedited so good on disney for that i guess yeah 
so yeah overall very very enjoyable like i mean it's 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 worth the time um uh like there's not like i'm there's no like there's no point in like rehashing the story i mean like go watch it everybody has disney plus or go go sign up for a one-month trial like i i promise you it is worth your seven dollars um, that you would pay for that disney paid more but that's that's okay because they got all that parks money so so help me answer a question that the lady friend and i were thinking about so as someone who has not seen this live and has now seen it on disney plus after watching the disney plus version does that make you want to see it live more or less the same okay yeah like i guess like if let's pretend pandemic pan, uh, pandemic pandemic is not is not happening and that that was totally out of the question it was gonna be the same like i think my interest level would be the same like i think it's very good and i think it would be a different experience seeing it in person and, and i think that's worthwhile so i don't i don't think it I, it definitely wouldn't make it any less but also yeah i mean it's, it's very good like and also that's the other thing where that's the parallel conversation that well there's been two parallel Hamilton conversations, one of which is we're not going to get into because they actually do get into it on upgrade. And that's, uh, it, that's, uh. but the other one is there's a whole bunch of people who are like saying, well, yeah, why, why isn't every Broadway show on TV unless democratize theater? So it's not for stuffy rich people. And that one I do get, but I feel like nobody would want to watch what a non Hamilton budget theater production would be if it was transferred to the screen because there's no way it would be so painstakingly perfected color corrected edited like it, it that wouldn't happen for every other show and the like and just if if now um what's another broadway show i think like i don't know like the lion king as an example the high production show that would take a lot of effort to, I think, effectively capture on film. Yeah, but but even like let's say like a new let let's say there's a show that's been like I, like because I again tangentially understand that there's off off Broadway off Broadway and then like marquee Broadway shows like even if you get one that isn't something like um, the Lion King or Hamilton or Dear Evan Hansen or any of those other like big ones where if it's only gonna be on there for like two years, there's only so much money that like they people like a broadway show just can't be sustained by netflix or disney cutting somebody a check and and then that's it like i mean it's it just the fact that more people get to see it i mean sure that's great but i feel like this would have even if like all the hype around hamilton had been there like cuz i think it made its like broadway debut in like late 2015 or something like that and it's still going uh, like god willing once everything settles down but like it had to have made a bunch of money beforehand for this to be feasible because otherwise I do think overall that depresses turnout and people just wouldn't be as interested in seeing it. Not that Broadway needs to be like super exclusive, but just like you, there's only so much money to be made and you can't like just it now being part of that thing that you pay $12 for just like that's not a sustainable way to have something that involves so many cast and crew members and it just yeah like people keep making parallels to like stand-up comedy and how netflix has been so good maybe big big question mark on that one uh for the stand-up comedy world just because they're just throwing money at comedians for that but it's it's not the same like it's it's just that's just so much simpler where getting like it seems like getting a broadway show 
that is successful and that people would want to watch and for it to be sustainable is not something that really adapts itself to the Netflix model. Well, and and even in the case of Hamilton, this was not, not the way it was supposed to happen. I mean, this was actually supposed to come out in proper theaters and not for another year and a half, basically. Um, so just dropping on uh, Disney Plus while there would otherwise still be live performances of the show going on is is just a product of the pandemic. So even even Hamilton, Carlos, just like even Chopped, um, would not have would not would not have happened this way had it not been for um, our current situation. On on behalf of the entire cast, New York cast of Hamilton, can I can I can I sue you for that? That's that's. That's slander, I think. That's <laughs> to even mention it. No, no offense to Chopped. I mean, actually, much offense to Chopped. That is, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Sorry. Okay. All right. So anyway, people should go watch it again. If you don't already have an OLED TV, first go buy one of those, because I just don't don't watch gray TV. Watch good TV. Yeah, I'm um I'm consistently surprised at how good certain um things look on the OLED. The the lady friend and I we were just kind of flipping through iTunes a couple of weekends ago and came across Apollo 13. You ever seen mm-hmm. that? Oh, that is one of my favorite like the 1995 Tom Hanks yep. movie. Yep. One of my favorite movies. Yeah, the lady friend had actually never seen it. Ooh. So when that got brought up, I thought, oh, we well, we we have to watch this. Yeah, and that's been remastered in in 4K HDR. Oh, and, hold on, open OmniFocus. All right, keep talking. <laughs> and I think it was like four bucks to rent on iTunes, so that was a, just a total no brainer. And that that looks pretty darn good. Yeah, that sounds much better than watching For All Mankind and having to sync like 13 hours. In the- yeah, I know they're different stories, but like, I mean, I, I think I can take two hours of space movie. That's 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 for, my well, for, So for what it's worth, Lady Friend loved Apollo 13, thought it was terrific. Mm-hmm. Not so keen on For All Mankind. We're about four episodes into that, maybe five and, and haven't uh, haven't watched the last few. It's yeah. OK. Yeah, sounds right. Just get her to watch C. Make sure you get as much as you can out of your Apple TV Plus gift that Tim gave you. Right. All right. Do you want to move on to the next part? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Or, sorry, I... <laughs> we're, we're, we're working through the openings. So sure. I'm going to send you a link. Or So can you re-upload in the DM channel uh, what, your, what your, uh, your living space looks like? Okay, can you not access the thread? Yeah, but I don't want to move over to that channel. So I got I got You're making me download the thing, save it to my desktop, come over here to the DM, drop it in here. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Madness. And Slack's going to take eight years to upload this. There, there we go. It's, it's uh, again, Slack's rock solid. <laughs> All right. Ignore the fact that one of these has a picture of me in it. So because I feel like that re- that's required to show how, what's actually visible. Well, I, yeah, I know. I thought about that too, but then... Yeah, well, decided against it. Um, so I have kind of a new favorite um, inst- uh, Twitter account. And I don't know if you've seen it because it, it seems to have blown up in the past couple of days. I'm happy to know that I saw it maybe a week ago when it was still pretty small. 
Um, I will send you the link. So it's called Room Rater. <laughs> and uh, the username, if you want to go follow it, is at rate my Skype room, which is weird that that's the technology that they chose because it was registered in April 2020. So we'd already, the, the video conferencing winners had already shaken out at that point. Um, so basically, it's um, basically he rates, or he and a friend rates uh, rooms of people who go on TV and like give interviews from their house or like news anchors and stuff like that. And I do appreciate that he didn't choose to straight up call it room rates. Like it's, it's a nice homage to dog rates without being too on the nose about it. And also his scale is a uh, zero to 10. So no, uh, like 13 out of 10 funny business. So it's pretty great. Um, I like how it's, it has enough political stuff in it where basically he'll just like i think like there was one where like it was rating alan dershowitz doing a remote interview on fox news and i forget what it was but it was um he gave him a zero out of ten and there were some choice comments yeah uh betsy betsy devos also zero out of ten yeah fuck her <laughs> um so it's pretty good so again the like kind of the recurring themes are i'll, I'll send you a link to another one uh because the john delaney one from earlier today was pretty fun followed by michael barbaro in good company mm-hmm. so uh for for uh john delaney uh the the tweet is love the painting no comment on the obelisk ran for president allegedly eight out of ten <laughs> so this account it's it's super fun um it's because i don't know like because everybody's doing uh and of course google docs just signed me out fuck um because everybody ever, like it because i'm somebody who did now just kind of has like just cable news on the background all day because i just hate myself um there are varying degrees of home office or like remote video conference quality like some people like that look like they're doing it from a broom, a broom closet uh and again this is not like a size of your space thing it's about how much care you put into it and apparently john delaney is putting a lot into it um so anyway the reason i bring this up is one that's a good thing people should go follow but also i wanted to know what do the people were talking to see so i sent you three pictures of two different spaces so first off actually i will will, quick digression the laptop cameras uh or the cameras on both the imac and the macbook like i know joanna stern's been on this beat for a while but they're profoundly bad like it's it's just comical how horrible the quality is like these are in broad daylight and they look like pixelated garbage, and it's 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 the worst. I, I can't even believe it. Even on that d- new MacBook Pro that is literally like a month old. So I, yeah, I have two issues with the the MacBook camera. One is what you've just said: the quality is terrible. And then the other issue for me is I use my MacBook screen as a second display. So it's not, it's not the... You're constantly giving people the side eye because you're not actually looking at them. That's right. So in the photo that I sent you, my main monitor is to, to, the, to the right of that image. It's you know, the, the left side of the camera itself. So, you know, when I'm on a video call... Um, if I, you know, if I'm, if I'm speaking, I have to basically turn my head to the webcam. Mm-hmm. Um, and early on I thought about, you know, getting a standalone 
webcam so that I could have something that was higher quality and that I could just, you know, mount to my primary display. Um, but of course those were sold out everywhere when all this first started and I now you don't care. And now I just, yeah, I just haven't even bothered looking for a while. Yeah. They're, they're back in stock everywhere, but I think everybody's kind of just like, fuck it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, that's my biggest complaint, which is that the camera quality is absolute garbage. And I end up taking most video calls that are work related. Um, Actually, like almost all of them, even if it's just like a like a social group thing, um, I'll take them on my laptop just because that gives me room to move around. Because where my iMac is, is not very photogenic. Like there's very little going on. After this, um, I have, or, or since this all started happening, I have thought about maybe like hanging some photos in like kind of the blank wall space, but it's like right behind my front door and I just kind of, there's not a whole lot I can do with that space. But um, yeah, the, the iMac setup is not great. I've also had the same thought, and you can see in my photo, there's plenty of blank wall that I could be hanging photos up. But again, I can't be bothered. And also, you, for some reason, have like basically like a saloon door just hanging out. Yeah, I'm told that's, I'm told that's decorative. That's transitional. Or mm-hmm. it's, it's beach chic or whatever. I don't know. When I'm, when I'm in the frame, you mostly can't see that. <laughs> so that doesn't usually um cause any questions plus people are already fixated on the fact that they can see uh well it got kind of cut off in the version that i sent you but people can normally see three doors in my frame there's the (laughs) there's the door that leads into running a game show (laughs) exactly the world world's lamest yeah world's lamest game show i think i'd call it debits and credits probably um boo yeah c plus yeah so there's the door coming into the room here and then there's a closet right next to that which has two two doors so um, for a second i thought the second door or the door on the right was just like a gigantic like electrical closet or like because it kind of i wish it kind of looks like the the like the, the color of metal that would be on like an electrical panel a little bit yeah that would be that'd be great if it was but no that is um that's actually my closet so i'm i'm in the i'm in the office and the closets in our house are tiny so the the office closet is where all of all of my clothes are um which turns out convenient when you're spending you know 90 percent of your time uh in in the office um and then that closet also um is how you get down into the the crawl space underneath the house. So that's all of the all of the Ethernet magic that happened a year and a half ago. It's it's that that closet where where that was happening. And it's where you hide all of your wire card money. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, your your space is pretty respectable. Uh, you know, I'm. Am I allowed to rate it? Sure. I'm gonna give it a five out of ten. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think had I if if I had some stuff on the wall, I think yeah, I'd yeah, have so a shot well, at like well, a seven. Let, let let the let the pro do it. Hold on. Okay. So yeah, it it definitely needs some greenery. It need, it needs some color. It needs something to look at when people want to look somewhere else. Like you need something on the left or the right side. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, I don't know what your lighting setup in front of you looks like. Where if you're backlit or frontlit. Um, but yeah, I I think you definitely need some wall stuff here. So that that's what gets you a five out of ten. And if you were able to boost that. 
maybe get a couple of succulents or like a large um, low water plant, I think that would bump you up to an eight out of 10 with a uh, very little, very little investment. So the, the lighting in here is actually quite good. So I, I took this photo right before we started recording so that this was at night when I'm, you know, I'm not usually on video calls, but during the day, just on the other side of uh, my two monitor setup here, there are three pretty good sized windows. So I get a lot of natural sunlight, you know, coming into the room facing towards me. So during the day, the, the lighting situation is pretty good. Yeah, and mine, I think, yeah, so the, the iMac setup is very bad. Um, I don't really know if I have a solution for that, just because even if I put stuff on that narrow, um, like, slice of wall, I'm not sure this is really doing much. Um, I've cycled through just putting quotes on the glass behind me, but I don't think the a camera's high resolution, high enough resolution to read it. But I think the kitchen setup, when I'm in front of it, it's not, it's not distracting, and it's not it has enough going on, but doesn't have a ton going on. So I think the kitchen setup... Um, as long as uh, people can't see the TV behind me that much, um, or at least there's not something weird that's on That's going to be my comment. I think having the TV in the frame is a bit of an issue. Yeah. Especially if it's on. It, it depends on what, which uh, which angle it's at. So normally if I'm in front of it, like this was this morning, I just uh, turned it on and the, the, uh, the angle was not that good. So in picture one, you can't really see it. Yeah, I'd have a lot of questions about somebody who was on a Zoom call with me who had a TV on in the background. Mm. like over overly like that yeah but in in general it looks like picture one okay yeah i you know i'll give you i'm new to this here so i'll give you a six out of ten i was angling for a seven so the 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 thing that keeps you from a seven i think (laughs) ouch couple of things so the first thing is you do have some photos on the wall, or at least one photo on the wall that we can see here, but there's a lot of glare. So I'm not really, that's not adding a lot for me here because I can't really even see, see what's on it. Uh-huh. And then the other thing is I'm not, I'm not quite sure what's happening above your kitchen. Like I'm not, there's something that appears to be hanging from the, the cabinet pulls that are above the refrigerator, but it's unclear to me what that is. Oh, it's an oven mitt. Okay. Hmm. So that... Hmm. Again, I live in a very small apartment. There's not... A, you know what? There's not a ton of room. Uh, yeah, that is that is an oven mitt provided by the Google Corporation. It says, hey, Google, what's for dinner on it? <laughs> it's, uh. too ba- it's too bad that when... Um, when you're in the frame, people can't see your fancy new toaster oven. I was going to say that's a nice addition, but but people won't really be able to see that. Yeah, but it covers up the sink, so that's probably for the best. <laughs> Did you yeah. you have a dishwasher? I didn't know that. I, I'm moving on up. Yeah, good for you. Again, it's it's a tight space, but I generally like it. And I do enjoy how much natural light I have, but you are right where that does make glare. But generally for daytime conferencing and stuff, there's enough natural light where that's not... Um, it actually works out pretty well. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I think the 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 third photo where you're, I guess, in your bedroom. Which one? The the one that well the the one that's not in front of your kitchen. No, that's that's just where my iMac is. That's right by my. That's in my living room slash oh, everything is, room. That is your okay. I see. And what is, is so is is that the front door? Oh, that that's the front door. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. August okay. lock just out of frame. 
You got it. Um, to me, I don't know that that feels a little more um, like if, if you're having a serious meeting, that's where you would have it. Yeah, but it's so plain. But that, that, but that's kind of what I mean. That that's sort of what I like about my setup too. Is it's sort of just it's um, like nobody's going to leave the meeting thinking like, oh man, Ryan's background. Like it's just it's just unremarkable. Yeah, but that's kind of and this this is this goes to like a weird like semiotics thing. Like it's, it's kind of like just what what is the signification here? Like you're looking for like. You want it to not be that plan. Not that you want people to remember you for the way you're, but you, I, I appreciate people who, um, whether it be on a work or a social call where it looks like they're in a space that's lived in. And I think I'm a very tidy person. So I do appreciate when there's like, you can tell like this is this, like somebody's home or like there's something going on here where it doesn't like, I don't know. That's where plainness I think counts as points against for me. Like a, a disarray is definitely bad news. Um, but, uh, I think there needs to be stuff going on. I don't know. My, my thing, that's why, that's why, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm lobbying for a seven. But again, I, I understand that there are no appeals here. I guess my thing, since we've all started working from home full time has been less about the setup around me and more about like the clothes that I'm wearing. If that makes sense. Like, you know, I still always try to put on like, you know, a nice shirt, um, you know, might be wearing shorts <laughs> um, beneath that, but hey, no, nobody's going to know about that. Um, so, you know, I, I try to do things like that where it's, you know, I'm not just like rolling out of bed, you know, in the same t-shirt that I slept in. Um, so, you know, try to at least do that. Yeah. Okay. Very disappointed in my six, but you know what? I gave you, I think I gave you a five, didn't I? You did not. I gave you six. Oh, I, no, I, was I gave you up. a five. You know, oh, hold that's, on. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I did not realize that we were grading so harshly. So you know what? It's a three. That's fair. <laughs> the only the only fun thing about my setup is that so the door that leads into this room um, is always closed. So it's always closed whenever. Well, I'm... until hold on. So can we can we discuss this? So again, let's say the pand- pandemic draws out. Uh, cause we're maybe not doing a whole lot to make it not do that. I think again, with you, with your new housemate situation, I think you have like solid opportunity to have, like, remember that BBC news interview Yeah, where that kid's toddlers busts in dancing. I think again, when, <laughs> when your kid starts walking, I think you have a very strong possibility of becoming like a viral hit if, <laughs> if that door ever opens up. Well, that's so actually, so the, the fun thing that some of my coworkers have, have, uh, kind of had fun with is you know we've done a couple of like more social type calls on fridays um and for those i leave that door open just as like a little <laughs> casual friday type thing um yeah and a, a couple, couple coworkers think that's kind of fun that's the la- not not lame but that's the mildest form of letting it hang out i know i know some days the doors open. Yeah, well, no, uh, not some days, Carlos. Only Fridays, and only if it's for a call that's meant to be kind of like a happy hour. If it's even on a Friday, if it's a true, you know, businessy business meeting, then doors closed. All right, I'll see what I can do. Um, you know, actually, I, this weekend I might actually try to hang some photos or do some new prints and see what I can do to spruce up uh, iMac setup.
put that oven mitt somewhere else. Come on. It looks it looks better. And also I have my never mind. You're 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 better than that. I am uh I don't think I don't think this makes me worse. <laughs> I again I limited space and I have a lot of cooking stuff because again, as a chef, you gotta have you gotta have your um uh you have a minute hand not to um not to you know go all opsec on you but is your is your kitchen like an l shape it's kind of a u shape it's a u shape recovery because <laughs> i've never i don't think i've ever actually been like inside of that part of your apartment but like yeah around so basically the- yeah so if you look at the left where you see like a lot of glare coming in like again that again apartment has great light uh so it's got kind of a um like a greenhouse where you have kind of like this, this whole counter where that's kind of like my prep area. Um, and then it's got then on like where you're looking directly at it, dishwasher, toaster, oven, sink, all that kind of stuff. And then in the corner in like the Northeast corner, you have, uh, the, uh, the coffee grinder, the other coffee grinder, the kettle, and then stove, espresso machine, and then fridge. And most importantly, oven mitt you have like a little table back there too don't you Mm-mm. no what like where where i'm seated is the dining room table oh uh, okay i got it. okay got it yeah and then just out of frame the uh lg air conditioner is tucked underneath the greenhouse <laughs> snowman mr. snowman mm-hmm. yes oh is, is he mr snowman now i mean he's, he's not joining a video conference just typing his name as all lowercase mitt he's got he's got some dignity like oven mitt would type in oven space mitt with proper capitalization. He doesn't. I think any um, LG product dialing into a Zoom call would just label itself um, <laughs> think. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure we've ever got clarification if it's think or if it's thin Q. Thin Q sounds so much stupider, but I mean, but if I don't know. Well, you, you, you seem pretty convinced that it was think. I did too, but now I'm not so sure. Mm. Like it's LG, can't can't ever put it past. Them. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so I will take your advice of making sure because honestly, I do generally always have the TV on behind me. I generally don't have it in frame, but I will actually take your advice of making sure it is not in frame. Um, that's uh, that that seems weird to me. I I I'm trying to think of the like literally hundreds of zoom calls that I've been on since this has started. I don't think I've had a single person who's had a TV on in the frame. That's, that's, that's a, it's kind of a power move. Oh, well, yeah, because that's the thing where if you see me turn to the left, (laughs) it means I'm, I'm bored with you. Well, but hold on. We're going to talk about nothing. This episode, Jesus, it's an hour in, um, this this is no different. You are tr- trying to double monitor it, and you're not giving eye contact for the vast majority of it because you're, you're probably staring at the content on your main screen. So I feel that's way worse. I'm at least mostly giving my full attention, even if they see uh, something going on in the background. If uh, one out of 50 times I don't have my laptop um, just facing dead center backwards towards the kitchen. So I was initially worried about that. But what's made me less worried about that is it's it's quite obvious when someone's paying attention versus when they're not paying attention on a Zoom call, kind of no matter where they're looking. So I because of that, I don't I don't worry about it as much. Yeah. 
Anyway, all right. So I will continue to try to work out for my six. You can... It sounds like you're pretty content with your three. Yeah, I'm fine. Although, I I don't know. Maybe now that I hear that these webcams are back in stock, maybe I'll I'll revisit that. Yeah. Again, going uh, bringing it all back to uh, Room Raider. Again, he he's very... Uh, or they're very, very hard on... Or hard into the uh, plants adding a lot. And I don't really know how I'd, how I'd solve that because I do have um, a fair number of plants like in my greenhouse, but those are not visible from this. But I do think this needs more color. So I will also consider that. Get some uh, Philips Hue color lights. That could I have those. But That's right, you do. You're generally not using that in the middle of the day. Well, if, if you're not doing it right... All right. I forgot that you have the fancy pants, $50 a bowl, Philips Hue lights. Uh, I think I have literally an order of magnitude fewer ceiling lights. Like I, I have like eight. Actually, no, I have six, uh, nine lights. and Or sorry, 11 lights, but only eight of them are like the BR30s. The color ones. Well, they're all color, but the other ones are the cheaper. Like I think I have eight of the BR30s color. And then the other ones are just kind of the standard, like, just, like, screw-in standard, like, bulbs. So do you ever do the, you know, like, when you look on the Philips Hue website? No, and... like those stupid recipes where it's like, oh, you flash my lights blue if it's going to rain outside or some dumb stuff like that? No. Or even, or even just, you know, in all the stock photos there, you know, people are, like, sitting in these rooms that have, like, they've got, like, four different colors that are all just, like, perfectly blended together. Have you ever done any of that? No, I mostly like it that you can get a lot of different shades of white, which is more than the the ambiance bulbs do. Um, even more so, and also the uh, not to make this weird, but I do like in the bedroom. Please don't ever clip that out. Um, where you, there's like it has suggested in the Hue app, which I never use the Hue app, but I imported that into the Hue Mote app, uh, which is no longer actively developed, unfortunately. Where they have like a nightlight mode where my bulbs turn like a, a like a nice shade of orange, where if you have to turn on the light in the middle of the night, it's a very non-jarring color where it doesn't make it like impossible to get back to sleep. So that's like if I had to say one reason to get the color version of the bulbs where you're not going to do any of this like dumb nonsense, that is a very good reason to get them is it has like a very pleasing very dim like orange color you can make them for a nightlight yeah that's actually i hadn't really thought about the color lights having more shades of just like white available to you that that's my one complaint with the ambiance lights are the there's basically only two shades that are that are good and the rest are just <laughs> kind of bad yeah um so they they may as well just be like regular Philips Hue lights because I don't usually change the color temperature on them. Yeah. Anyway, okay, I'll work on my setup. Uh, we'll revisit in a month, maybe. Um, all right, let's let's do like one or two follow up items and then we'll call us a week. Okay. Uh, well, actually, so I'm, let me so let me one real quick because it's actually it's 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 one I'm going to retract. So remember how we were talking a week or two ago about a possible iMac upgrade? Mm. And my main reason for wanting to do it was the fact that I'm just constantly out of space on my iMac. 
Yes. So I started looking for it, and this thing I linked to, which you immediately responded saying, uh, you you pointed out to the fact that it like said you're probably going to break your iMac by doing this, or like you pointed to the fact that it's three stars on difficulty, and it, it says like you're very likely to destroy the computer. I think the way that I phrased it, not not that not in a way that was doubting your ability. I think the way oh, no, I phrased it was just like. <laughs> I just said, like, you'd have to go into that project just mm-hmm. being okay with an outcome where you break your computer. Yeah. Um, and also, so it appears that on, upon further review, this only works if you have a Fusion drive. Oh. So if you have a pure SSD iMac, I don't think... Wait, no, actually... Oh, no, I lied. If your iMac was configured with a solid state drive or fusion drive, it has a, I really feel like I'm going to break the computer. So that's how I know, like with the Mac mini, that's, I can't remember if we were doing the show at the time that I had done this, but I, I installed a second hard drive. Oh, in place of the optical drive thing. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Well, well, wasn't that the thing? There's a kit where you could swap out what that, like, cause otherwise how would it fit? Well, I thought I thought it was just that you could get it configured with a fusion drive, and so there had to be like two slots for a you know for two different drives. I don't think and, that's true. Okay, well, in any case, that that's that's what this is reminding me of is because it was also an iFixit kit that I had used to to do that. Oh well, yeah. So wait, so did you? Because I remember this story comes up a lot. Did because uh, I know Dan Morin broke his he, he like broke the Wi Fi on his Mac Mini when he was trying to do this. So did you? So did so, you break yours? So the so I successfully installed a second hard drive, and in the process of doing that, I think only broke the Bluetooth radio, if I remember correctly. I don't think Bluetooth worked anymore, um, or maybe it worked, but sort of like intermittently something like that so but like then <laughs> then like a year or so later i think i was going to replace the the secondary drive in there and when i went to put everything back together it just would not even boot <laughs> like no no apple logo nothing and Took it all apart again, <laughs> put it all back, just totally dead. So well, the computer was like, I warned you last time. <laughs> like I, I get, the Bluetooth was a warning. Stop, stop disassembling me. Right, and then it was like, no, yeah, because that's you know that's actually um, kind of the same thing where um, like you literally have to take every single piece out of the the mac mini like like literally the 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 part where you go to put the drive in like you you have the shell of the mac mini and there's nothing inside of it um Mm -hmm. so the degree of difficulty is is high and i assume that this imac thing's kind of similar yeah so yeah so this is probably not going to happen again still unsure of what when there might be any iMac update released and what that might actually look like. And I'm I'm gonna be really bummed if it's a very minor Intel processor revision with like very little like anything else. Like I know it's not gonna be like a revolutionary computer, but if like the ca- the casing and everything else is gonna be the same, I'm gonna super begrudgingly have to upgrade. Yeah, that's a, that's a super fascinating moment from that keynote where 
Tim Cook just tr- casually drops that, hey, you know, we're going to continue to release Intel machines, but then we'll release these Apple Silicon ones, hopefully by the end of the year. That's such a strange message to end on. Well, it's, it's so it's the same thing that happened during the 20, 2005 transition, <laughs> um, where uh, Jobs said, so this is going to be a transition that takes two years. We have some amazing, efficient Intel Macs coming. We have tons of great power PC Macs still in the pipeline. Like he was like, no, still buy our computers. Like, so it was almost verbatim um, that he mentioned that. Uh, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting just because I was like, I'm, I'm interested to see, cause there's going to be some type of workflow that is better suited for Intel stuff. Like I assume there's gonna be a reason why they still keep some of it around. Maybe it's for people who, who need to virtualize windows, but I assume there's something, um, or some reason for that to still exist. Who knows? Cause my, my big thing was going to think that, um, Adobe was going to drag their feet on supporting Apple Silicon based Macs. And apparently, I mean, it's, it sounded like from the keynote that they're actually pretty much all in, or at the very least that Rosetta, um, performance is, is satisfactory enough where that won't be much of an issue. Um, so are, are you considering doing this? Doing what? The, the SSD replacement. Nope. I'm out because the problem it would be is like, I would be mostly okay with, possibly breaking the computer like i mean those are, that's a gamble i'm willing to take the part of the gamble that i would not take is that if i did because the whole point would be i would do this because i don't want to buy a new computer yet not having known what the new computer will be so if i do it and then break my computer and then now i have to buy the same computer i would be very very mad yeah okay. because like the upgraded one would not be out so that that would just be stupid yeah that's fair yeah all right, the away thing, we don't really need to talk about that. Well, I mean, maybe throw the link in the show notes because uh, I think I made, uh, a, in retrospect now, a very bad defense of the co-CEO of away where I was just like, you know, sometimes you have to be a scrappy boss when you're trying to grow your startup. Uh, apparently, she had a thing on social media and uh, wasn't great. Uh, so maybe throw that in there. But I, so I maybe retract all the uh, good things or or the stuff that I said about where reporting on workplace culture issues may sometimes not show the totality of the the person or everything, but it sounds like she might not actually be a great person. Uh, other bit of follow-up. Um, so this was from the release notes from the BMW Connected Drive application. The release notes uh, contradict or seem different from what was discussed during the brief like three-minute car key segment on uh, during WWDC where it sounded like there's going to be a ton of other models, not just the 2021 5 Series that's going to support NFC-based uh, car key, or yeah, iOS car key, where almost all models that are manufactured after July 1st, 2020, and have comfort access and uh, wireless charging and uh, iDrive 7, just kind of like basically if you if you get like the good technology stuff from BMW, it sounds like it will have this option, which is interesting. It feels like they probably would have mentioned that. Yeah. Why like, Why do you think they didn't? I don't know. I mean, maybe like at BMW thought, hey, we're doing this um, like a life cycle refresh of the of the 5 Series design and let's try to like ride off 
the Apple Press Wave for it. Well, I mean, but it's fine to feature that car, but then you just drop it at the end and say, oh, you know, and in addition to this, like it'll be available in models, you know, coming out starting next week or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's because they thought it would like piss people off who, because again, it's not a model year change. It's just literally like, hey, we're just swapping out a couple of parts in the door handles on all the current cars where if you bought it two months ago, sorry. Yeah, but so, Which I is, mean, kind of... Sorry, raise his hand. So, like, you know, lukewarm take alert here. Like, this first iteration of car key that's NFC-based is kind of lame. Like, I, I'm not sure I'd want a car with that that version of it. Now, the... the um, um, what the hell is it called? The the U one, the ultra wideband thing. That that version seems really neat. So eventually, it'd be cool to have a car with that. But this NFC version, where you're like having to take your phone out of your pocket, physically tap it against the side of your car, and then putting the phone in this specific place inside of your car, like that, all just seems like kind of a hassle. Except for the fact that it's going to work with the watch allegedly like that's still unclear i feel like if it works with apple wallet on the watch i think that eliminates the whole like your point about like i understand still how you want is better and the whole like just frictionless like it's in your pocket thing but if it can kind of be like you're at trader joe's and you just double click the thing on the watch that'd be pretty neat yeah but the watch thing kind of confuses me because i thought part of the authentication behind the nfc version of this was your device had to be in the um, wireless charger or other like NFC designated spot in your car. So like, how would that? Oh, fair point. How would that work with a watch? I do not know. Unless it, like you have to take your watch off and put it there, which would be really dumb. Yeah, safer for driving. Not really. Okay, let's uh, to sorry because other things. So I just I would I want to know. Well, actually, what is is your uh, chef special this week related to coffee or no? It is not. No. Okay. What's what's your? You said you had coffee news this week. Uh, did, did I have co- I had coffee news this week? You said you have you you were making progress on your coffee because I have made no progress. Oh, I I just I, no, it wasn't like a topic or anything. I just the other morning just happened to make like what I thought was basically the best shot of espresso I had I had made. It was like mm. you know, perfect extraction time, dead center of the of the the pressure gauge the entire time it was supposed to be great crema did not disturb the crema as we <laughs> chatted about last week mm-hmm. you know just i don't know just it was like the perfect perfect shot of espresso two things so have you ever do you ever just like just well you're an espresso drinker do you ever just drink the espresso shot just naked or just on its own but that's 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 all i do oh so you literally never yeah, the lattes are only for the special lady friend. Yeah, I've I've never made a hot latte for myself, and I've only what about once, a nice latte? Well, so it, inspired by this very program, I've made one iced latte for myself. Oh, pretty good, and that was that was fine. Uh, so sorry the 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 core or the um the premise of that question is how much of a difference. In terms of like, as you've been dialing in how how your espresso shots are pulled, how much of a taste difference are you able to discern? Quite a bit. I, I, I'm I can tell when I pull a good shot and when I don't pull a good shot. And I I think what I'm getting better at is getting a sense of like even during the extraction process, like mm, it's like no, nah, it's a nope. Yep. Yeah. 
uh, versus well, like, if it starts out really watery or it doesn't kind of take like the six seconds to kind of build up you know like uh, yeah. there's something going on exactly um, so even like with this perfect shot that i pulled the other morning like even in the <laughs> moment i was like mm, yep this is a good one um, <laughs> but then but yeah no totally with taste like and then that's that's how you know i still kind of have a long way to go is that um i'm not getting a consistent pull every time like the the quality oh, so, the quality varies a fair so, bit. And, and i mean no offense here so you're kind of like it, it's it's accidental success sort of or just because oh, like because totally. it's not that repeatable you're you're getting better but also you maybe haven't nailed exactly what's making it better yeah and there's you know that the, the one critique i have of the um uh, breville barista express the, the one that we have is so it, it has a couple of things that are supposed to kind of get you that level of consistency so the first being with the with the grinder you can program for either a um, single shot or a double shot um, the amount of um, ground beans you want dispensed into the portafilter uh-huh but the problem with using that is in order to get enough beans into the portafilter using that, the beans stack up too high. And then a lot of it ends up just like falling out of the portafilter before you have a chance to tamp it. So my process usually is um, manually doing that and doing like a partial tamp midway through. Um, and that that what that means is that i'm never getting quite exactly the same amount of beans each time and that that probably has a lot to do with the the lack of consistency so i am not an expert at all but i i i feel like from what i've read i would maybe advise against doing that because doing like a double tamp kind or a kind of leads to what's called channeling where the water finds different ways to escape where it's maybe that's why you're not getting a consistent pull it's um it's not really like I'm not doing an actual like tamp tamp it's more just I'm slightly pressing the coffee down into the the porta filter just to then make room for the remaining beans that I need because gotcha. if, if I let them just continue to stack up then th it just makes a huge mess so but then i guess sorry my last follow-up question is i thought you said you had a, a brazza encore so is that one you just kind of abandoned that yeah i only use that when i'm making cold brew from whole beans that i've purchased gotcha hmm. all right so and then on this i will say my my shots tend to be still be pretty damn good consistently uh very happy with the grinder it's, it's all working out latte art is progressing um oh sh okay fine we're, we're gonna we're gonna kick sports until next week i'm gonna take two minutes to talk about something real quick yeah i think the, the sports conversation is kind of a longer one so we, we can yeah. table that for next week. okay so let me scroll up to so this was 904 a.m on july 2nd all right so latte art is getting better uh doing much much better i found one one really good youtube video i don't have a link for it but i you, if you can google it for me actually now i'll just find out while i'm talking i'll stop being lazy um there was a there's a couple good channels there's one that's uh, a youtube channel called whole latte love which is eh, pretty cute uh 
or some guy teaches you really, really, really well how to froth coffee. And he explained exactly what I was doing wrong. And I actually did two sound tests and I attached them to it where if you do the frothing wrong, which it sounds like what we're probably both doing, where if you have the steam wand too far down in the, in the milk jug, it will make a very, very unpleasant loud noise, which sometimes will subside, but is mostly distilled too loud to the point where it's unpleasant. That's doing it wrong. And if you have the steam wand appropriately placed, uh, which is actually pretty easy to consistently do, is basically you want to have it just slightly below the milk for almost the entire time to the point where you can still kind of hear the like little bits of air being sipped into the milk, which is what causes it to expand. It's like dead quiet. Like it's so profoundly different that kind of freaked me out where I'm like, wow, okay, I was really doing this wrong. Hmm. So now the whole coffee making thing is very, very quiet. Um, so let me find a link to that video. And you you always just drink lattes. You never drink espresso on its own. I've done a couple of espressos, but I generally don't. Like I'm generally, like I want something. I'm not just going for like the caffeine hit. Like I want something that I can sip for a while. And espresso shots are not something that you can let sit for like no. 20 minutes. Like no, you have you to get... consume that within five minutes or generally like within when you've just pulled it. You do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think this is the right link. Uh, so yeah, so this channel is great. There's there's a few others which maybe next week I'll put I'll compile more when we revisit this. But yeah, he teaches you exactly how to do it. Uh, it makes total sense. I've been able to start this week dialing in kind of how much like because now that I know what I'm actually doing, I know how much air I actually want into it. And there's definitely a way where you infuse too much air into the milk, and then you just get kind of just like an an airy like too light mess. Uh, to the thing where it could be just too watery, where basically all you've done is just heat the milk, which is not what you want. So still working on that. My latte art is getting better. I have made um, uh, a sad traffic cone and a snowman so far. Those are the two things that resembled um, like real life objects. I'm usually going for a heart, but it's not really coming together yet, but I'm still working on it. So overall it's progressing, but yeah, but this video helped a ton so yeah, maybe uh, give it the five minutes to watch, and then you'll you'll impress your lady friend with a a very um, a, an improved latte. Yeah, I've been very happy with the the results of mine, including like the amount of foam and everything. But it is very very loud, so I'm I'm cu I'm cu curious to watch this video and see what I could be doing differently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's promising. I'll, I will uh, keep folks updated on uh, this uh, espresso journey. All right, Chef Specials. Let's do it. What you got? I've got one that I think you're going to um, really like. This is right right in your wheelhouse. Um, so this is... Um, have, we, have we decided, is, is it OXO or is it OXO? I always say OXO. Okay. The lady friend and I were talking about that the other day. We weren't sure which, <laughs> which one it was. It's um, like OLED. Who, who knows? Right. Um, so this is their Good Grips Utility Cutting Board. And so this actually, this is the wire cutter's pick for uh, best cutting board. Because, um, of course, it is. Um, and we had already had the... So this comes in four different sizes. So we had already had the carving and cutting board, which is, which is huge. Um, 
And then we also had the, um, I think the the prep cutting board. So we basically had the largest size and the smallest size. And we had a wood cutting board that was kind of in between the two. And that broke recently. Like part of it like just literally came off. Um, so we were in the market for something that was kind of in between those two sizes. And it turns out that with this OXO uh, Good Grips cutting board, there's these two other sizes, which are kind of in the middle. And of those two, the everyday cutting board and the utility cutting board, uh, we went with the utility cutting board. And it's it's just like the perfect size for, for almost everything you do. It's not, not too big, not too small. Like the problem with the carving and cutting board, like even though you end up with a bunch of extra workspace, it's kind of a pain in the ass to clean. Like it barely fits in our sink and everything. Whereas the utility cutting board's still a good amount of space and it's much, much easier to to clean. I mean, I assume it's dishwasher safe. It is, right. Uh, but I mean, the carving and cutting board like doesn't even fit fit in our di- dishwasher, whereas this utility cutting board does. In fact, it's in our dishwasher right now. Um, and, you know, in typical OXO fashion, very, very well thought out. It's got, you know, little feet in the corners, so it, it doesn't slip around at all. It's got little channels along the side. So if you're cutting a steak or something and there's some juice, it, it gets caught in these channels instead of all over your countertop. Um, so really good cutting board. And I could actually see, you know, wanting to even have like all four of these sizes because they all do, you know, serve uh, slightly different purposes. I like the product synergy or like the cross marketing in these uh, photos where if you go to the one that says carving and cutting board, they have both an OXO meat thermometer and an OXO knife in the picture. Just always be closing. I like mm-hmm. it. Um, and that's the good part about OXO where their stuff is pricey ish, but it's still reasonable for smartly designed stuff, which is good. Yeah. I, th- I mean, $18 for this utility cutting board seemed fair to me. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my pick is going to be a musical called Hamilton. Hmm. Yep. Good pick. Maybe you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. 